When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Merry Christmas, Big Blue Nation. The Cats, they're ringing in the holiday season with a huge win, a huge get from the transfer portal. Devin Leary will be a Kentucky Wildcat. The news was first reported by our good friend from 1-3, Matt Zenitz. Uh, look it. We got our guy. We got him. We did it. <laughs> the waiting game is over. Kentucky got their top target, Nick. Like this was the guy they wanted. This was the guy they zeroed in on. Got him on campus, and good old Hugh Freeze tried to steal him late. Could not do it. And so yeah, just a big win for the program here. Um, you had to have a quarterback, right? I mean, it was there was a lot of needs, but that that's the biggest one. You got to address the most important position in the sport. You had momentum here with Levis. He's going to be a draft pick. Kind of melded on the rec- recruiting front this year, high school wise, with the change coordinators. You don't have a freshman quarterback coming in. You had to get a guy in the portal. This is going to be a one and done. But if Devin Leary, and this is a big but, staying healthy is the kicker here. Yeah. Like he's yeah. got to stay healthy. But if he does, there's reasons to be excited because if you kind of look at how the offense is built, Leary's bringing a skill set that is really needed. And I think it's going to really help them transition here in 2023. Look, at, uh, I think first and foremost to just go through the credentials, right? He was the number one ranked quarterback in the transfer portal. Uh, on three, had him ranked as the number four transfer portal player overall. He was their top target. Uh, they hosted him on campus. Over the weekend, he did check out Auburn. And there was a little worry that he might go elsewhere. Graham Mertz visited campus. But – not even Hugh Freeze, noted cheater, one of the cheatingest cheater who's ever cheated. Not even Hugh Freeze could convince Leary to go elsewhere. And I think you have to give some credit, not only to Kentucky for going and getting Liam Cohen back in the fold, but there's also got to be some credit here um, to Will Levis because the weapons that make this such a desirable destination for Devin Leary, the Dane Keys, the Barry on Browns. You got Shamar Porter coming in. Could be some more talented receivers. Those weapons that make this place uh, a coveted destination for quarterbacks, that's all possible because of what Liam and Will Levis did in 2021. Yeah, and you're probably not getting this guy right unless Liam Cohen returns to Kentucky. Uh, we still waiting on confirmation for that, but I, you have to think that played a big part. Here, 
Um, you have to think. Tim Beck, offensive coordinator, is a Youngstown Cardinal Mooney guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's now the head coach of Coastal Carolina. He was Leary's play caller for three years when he kind of started his rise. You have to think that helped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Woodward's got ties to New Jersey and, you know, the mid-Atlantic area. That, that probably helped. So there's just a lot. I think a lot of things came together here, Nick, and I think that's what allowed them to beat out Auburn was all of those all those things coming together. And it's a lot of things are tied together, right? Levis, yeah. Cohen, skill talent available, Kentucky, Devin Leary, all that's kind of tied together. And it was just a big get, I think. Mainly, Nick, just the floor is really high here. Yes, yes. And when I say Leary has a skill set that can succeed in this offense, what I really mean is next year, more than any year we've seen here in a long time, it is all about getting the ball to your playmakers in space and helping out your offensive line, getting the ball out quick and get creating space for your playmakers, getting on the ball and letting them make plays. Leary is going to be really good at that. He, he, on tape at NC State, he was a very good decision maker, good processor, shown by the 35-5 and five TD INT ratio, and he throws a good goal ball. There's a lot he can do there, and you can trust him to have the capacity to be like, this guy can throw the ball 40 times. Like He's, he's, he's played with bad running games at NC State. He's had to carry the offense with his, the passing game, with that leading the way. You feel good that he can come in and do that with Kentucky and can get the ball to two, can get the ball to six, can get the ball to 85, can get the ball to nine. Um, we're assuming Tavian Robinson comes back. That's that's big. And then you add on top of that Cohen's play calling chops that we've seen and how he's been able to scheme stuff open. It's just a lot to get excited about, I think. I like the point that uh... – Saints for Christ says on the KSR YouTube channel, why do we keep getting quarterbacks from the teams we beat in bowl games? <laughs> so excited for Leary to be a cat. Go Big Blue. People so Spencer Petrus will be the quarterback next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't believe Leary played in that bowl game, though, the Gator Bowl back in 2020. He that had was one of the He only played four games that year. Yeah. Yeah. That was one, two of the three seasons that he has missed. Uh, because of injury. It was a broken leg in 2020. Uh, it was a torn peck this year, six games into the season. Um, and that's a good question that that Alex asked. Like, a lot of it's going to come down to protecting him. I've, there was some a report by ESPN that I'm, I'm sure Leary's camp leaked out. Um, that's at least the, the vibe I got was that they're, they're hoping he can be back by March to be able to throw. Um for spring ball, but there's certainly like the injury concerns. That is like, look at if this guy didn't have the injury concerns, he would probably be in the NFL after a solid season, right? Like that's, that's what you deal with in the transfer portal. But to go back to your overall point with the high four, um, like the, the, the high four prospects, it doesn't get any higher when like really all it is, is a couple of freak injuries here, right? It's not like, Malik Cunningham, where he'd get a hangnail every other week and then he'd have to sit out. Like, this is a little bit different kind of stuff. And Devin Leary didn't necessarily have the best offensive lines at NC State. Like, he's not used to just having a total rock brick rock wall in front of him. He's had to play with in a scheme that's maybe needed to get the ball out a little faster, that's needed to stand in there and take some shots to make some throws middle of the field on third down. I think that all adds up. Like, he's going to be – suited to have success here because of his 
strengths and because of his playing experience at NC State. That's why I think it made for Kentucky it made a lot of sense. It's just that injury. Like the durability is that's the biggest thing concerning me here. But if you keep him healthy, you get the ball out quick, and you let the passing game maybe set up the run more than we've seen in the past, I think this could be a, a really good marriage. And ma- mainly, Leary has just proven he has the capacity where he can go and throw the ball 40 times a game and can win. And he's not going to make bad decisions. He's going to make he's going to get the ball out on time with accuracy, and he's going to make the right decisions, and he's going to allow you to have success on offense. And so I think there's a lot lot to like here. Um. We'll talk more about signing day later. Um, just got some good news. So, going to be a big Wednesday. Going to be a big Wednesday, like it. Um, they all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to be a big one. Uh, here's a good question that uh, somebody asked on the KSR YouTube channel. Uh, Aaron poses it, and this is a conversation that I had on the radio quite often with my pal TJ Walker. Um, but he played in the ACC, though. Is there – do you have – I don't know I'm going to say concerns, but like the ACC, we've been very clear about our thoughts about the level of play there. They freaking stink. It's like a JV league sometimes. Are we worried about transitioning from that that, that ACC to the SEC uh, next year? The biggest win of Dave Dorn's tenure was against Clemson last year. Clemson had a top five defense by any metric – Larry made some big boy throws in that game. Like, was really the main, the only reason their offense scored points was because of the throws he made in that football game. Like, he's played against good teams, good defenses before. Um, he's going to be fine. He also. Can you bring up that uh, record he has? He was under Tim Beck. He was 17 and four, or NC State was 17 and four in games he started. The four losses were to teams with winning records, the only one not ranked was Mississippi State last year, Nick. And we know what that Mississippi State team did at Kentucky and Starkville. NC State also lost in Starkville. Every other team was a ranked loss. This year against Clemson, ACC champion. Last year uh, against Miami on the road. Miami had a good, like with Van Dyke when they got heated up. I guess that was the only other team not ranked. The other two were ranked. Wake Forest finished 11-3. and I think they were maybe in the top 10. Last year they lost a close game on the road to them. So like, And then he lost to Clemson this year, like I already said. Um, and NC State was in every one of those games. So, like, this is a guy that comes from a winning program. I, and there's enough tape there where I can – I think he's going to be fine adjusting here. And also, like, the Cohen effect is big here too. Like, we saw what Cohen did with Will Levis, a more, like, unprepared Will Levis, I would say. And then we saw what we got with Will Levis this past year. And also – the supporting cast is going to be better. Like, Kentucky's got pros at receiver. Like, like this is setting up where Barry and Brown can make potentially make an All-American type run. Um, if he becomes, like, the, the number one target, like I think he will in this Cohen offense, where you could see him getting 80 receptions, Nick, you know, 1,200 yards. You could see that playing out, um, especially now they got a proven quarterback they can, they can trust to get him the ball. I think it all just ties in together. I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons to be confident that this offense is going to get fixed. And they averaged in that 17-4 run, they averaged 32, 33 points per game. So maybe not the best numbers at all, at all times, but they were they were still scoring points. And he was finishing drives without a great running game, and without like you know NC State, their best receiver was a Mecca Amezi, who I think was an undrafted free agent last year. Yeah, yeah. 
So they just haven't had – he hasn't had the best supporting cast here where he's going to have some NFL guys, I think, throwing to, to throw the ball to in Lexington. Uh, Alex asked a question that we don't have an answer to. We're operating under the assumption that Tavion Robinson will be back for another season. Um, don't know if that was always the case, but I think the prospects of Cohen returning, um, while that isn't solidified, we'll get that final news as soon as the NFL season ends. Uh, that's kind of the timetable everybody's operating under right now. One news that I'm still freaking waiting on that we're all waiting on. Uh, we're still waiting for Ray Davis to take off his shades, his sunglasses. We thought this guy would be committing over the weekend. It's now Tuesday. That hasn't happened. I don't know what the holdup is, but, um, maybe as soon as we get off the air, uh, it'll take us getting off the air for a a thousand yard, uh, rusher in the SEC to join, the big blue nation as well. Look, well, I just appreciate that you had like you had the common decency to schedule something that took you away from your computer for an hour and a half the day before signing day. Cause there was some thought that this might not happen till Wednesday, but we needed one of us to have uh, uh, something pre-scheduled to get us away from the computer because that's when the breaking news always happens. It's as soon as you leave the computer. Yeah. As soon as I go meet with a realtor and then I had to switch it up this week already to kind of fit, our schedule. I was just like, of course, <laughs> of course this happens right now. Everything's going, I'm getting buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if that's what it takes, that's what we got to do. So you need to go do something so we can get Ray Davis to pop because we have that, them waiting. And that's the worst part with all of this, right? With coaching carousel, coaching changes, recruiting, the waiting is the hardest part. You're just waiting for mm-hmm. stuff to happen. You think it's happening, but you don't know. You got to wait, wait it out. And so, but the, big, but the wait ended up being worth it here. I think Kentucky, Nick, they tried to. They were trying, you know, they had the Leary Mertz thing going right, and they were trying to keep them both in case they lost, or keep Mertz in the fold in case they lost Leary. Um, so they were kind of, they were juggling some things here. Um, so they probably needed an answer here. Like they needed an answer this week, like early this week, or they might've had to move on to Mertz. Oh man. What's very funny in all this look is that cause, uh, I, I forgot who it was that wrote that Leary's really going to start a domino falling. I know we saw some others already make decisions, but I think there's going to be a lot in the next 24, 48 hours. Um, but Auburn might miss out on everybody because, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm fascinated where Mertz will end up because Mertz visited Florida. I think Florida was intrigued by him. When McCall – Cousin Jeff was, needs a quarterback. He yeah. saw Graham Mertz a lot in the Big Ten West. He, he did, but, but McCall couldn't – hate a. he has a, apparently has a transfer to, uh, credits thing to Auburn that isn't working out. So McCall doesn't visit Auburn. Said he goes to Florida. Now it looks like Florida might take McCall instead of Mertz. And – I love, too, seeing Hugh Freeze is tweeting out uh, Robbie Ashford highlights. Like, hey, guys, look how th- – this guy we've got is pretty good right here, threading the needle. Look what I can do with him. Like, dude, get the hell out of here, Hugh. And, yeah. And also, let's just enjoy dunking on Auburn for a little bit and appreciating that um, – look, at, I know that we've been told many times that the nil situation is dire. Uh, you always need to be better in your nil. But it's good to know that like commitments like this prove that Kentucky is competitive in the market for big players. Now, maybe maybe five or six prospects down the line, it's not the same as some of these other places, but they are in the competitive market for the big fish. I mean, we've got Ohio State complaining about their NIL situation because there's a five-star defensive end that I think is going to end up at Georgia that was a long-time commit for them. So, like, 
everybody is upset with yeah. the their NIL situation. Everybody has mm-hmm. ways to go. But Kentucky is a big boy football program now. You know, not to get into the football school, basketball school <laughs> debate, but Mark Stoops is making nine what nine million dollars. It's got run, a bunch of million dollar coordinators. Three to of run them. this football program. Yeah, we assume Liam Cohen's going to be well into that million dollar club. I think Brad White says it'll make right around one point five this year, and the big dog fence is. Making over one, two. I think he's going to be at 1.3 or 1.4 next year. So, you know, that's a lot of coin. And just Kentucky is in committed and invested into this football program. And that's why, like, that stoop salary, everybody, you know, people had some reactions to that. But, like, that's it's the price of playing ball in this league. Like, you got to keep up. And it, the NIL is the same thing. They still need to keep making strides here. But, yeah, I mean, Kentucky is not – they're not going away, especially with Stoops here. They're just not going away. Like, I think, Nick, Kentucky people have gotten a taste, right? They've gotten a taste of what, like, being on a 10-win team. They've gotten a taste of beating Florida a few times. They've gotten a taste of almost winning the East. Mm-hmm. And it tastes pretty damn good. And they don't want the taste to go away. So I think you're seeing that play out. Like, um, being good in football is pretty fun, right? And so I, they're going to do whatever they can. I think they're committed to that now where I don't think that was ever really that, – that was a huge question with Kentucky a long time, with the alignment with the football program and being committed to competing in this league. And I think they're, they're, they are committed now, and I don't think that's going away. And I think, like, we – you know, Matt Jones has alluded to a few donors have stepped up to help, and that's maybe not a long-term situation, but that didn't happen 10 years ago, Nick. Like, And it's happening because people have gotten the taste of winning, and they, they want to keep it going. They want to keep this train moving. Choo-choo. We're we're just finding out Carmel Anthony or Carmel Anthony Carmel English he's announcing his decision tomorrow morning at ten a.m. Um, a this is a stretch four Cal needs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of folks believe it'll be either Michigan or Kentucky. Um, we had somebody ask about running backs, the future of running backs uh, with Chris Rodriguez gone. Uh, we we discussed Ray Davis. Ray Davis is a physical bruiser that could give you a year. Uh, but as for the future, like it uh, another. Kentucky dunk on Auburn. Jamarion Wilcox, he was supposed to visually visit over the weekend. Instead, he was hanging out with Jay Bowler wearing a Kentucky hoodie on Sunday. And, like it, I really like this guy, man. His his highlight tape is fantastic. It really, I mean, it's, it's impressive um, to watch him not only create explosive plays, but maneuver through traffic and, and run through tackles. He he's a guy like I, I would not be surprised if he was an impact true freshman. Trevor right? Wallace, Kobe Albert, Jamarian Wilcox, and Devin Leary. This is three years in a row, Nick, where right leading up to signing day, Kentucky has beat Auburn head to head. Guys that were full on takes for Auburn. So Oh man. And Joel It could uh, be Carmelo English too, who was once an Auburn commit. Like Jordan Griffin that. too was another one. I'm trying to think what class he was in. He was a lot I think he was like twenty sixteen. So that's you know, that's a little that's distance a little bit. But yeah, I mean this this is head to head battle Kentucky's winning a lot of. 
here lately. So that, oh. that is that is fun. Wilcox, yeah, Nick, he rushed for over 2,000 yards. Nine yards of carry. Nine yards for rush. His tape's really good. He's a zone runner. He's mm-hmm. got – they ran some stretch zone with Douglasville, South Paulding with him. He, the 2,000 yards came in 12 games as a senior. Just had, He has really good tape. Um, to me, the question is, like, size. He's not the biggest back. I've seen – Length measurement or height measurements everywhere from five foot six to five foot ten. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's a rock solid, probably one hundred ninety pounds. It's just, you know, you can see it with him, and he's got wiggle in space. He seems to have good vision and feel. Um, there, there's a lot to like there, but the size is something I'm going to be like when I first see him in person. I want to see how big he is. Uh, that, yeah. That's my huge question with him. It's just size wise. Um, and then what is like what does Kentucky's run game do? <laughs> you know, like are they are we going back outside zone? Are we gonna stretch zone again? Um what what is what kind of run game does Cohen use next year? I mean, that's gonna be a huge question mark, I think. And we'll just we're not really gonna find out anything. Another thing, Nick, we didn't really mention, like the schedule next year. Oh, they've got man, a nice they've got a nice little run up here to start the season. That, that is true. Yeah. It's 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 rough, rough in you know, once you get into October. Uh, to finish things out, but you're right about yeah. the beginning. Yeah, if we, we could get maybe Steven to pull up the schedule uh, right quick. Uh, but they open with three consecutive home games, and it's non-conference home games. Um, so you got the two max schools you play. I believe it's Akron and I can't think of the uh, – Akron and Ball State. And then I believe it's – you can play the FCS team. And I want to think maybe – Eastern Kentucky this year? Yeah, I Eastern, think Wells Ball, State, comes down. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron at Vanderbilt. You don't play anybody until Florida mm-hmm. on September 30th. Here we go. Yeah, and you get, like, we get this September road trip to Nashville, which is going to be fun, this week four road trip. Um, it's so, not going to be uh, seven degrees like it will next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you like, you have to win that Vanderbilt game, right? But, like, let's just assume they handle their business. Like four and zero, and you're hosting Florida, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a very winnable game for Kentucky early in the season. And you've got this four game, like to kind of get the kinks out on offense and defense and special teams. Like you, if you take like Nick, I, not to like get ahead of myself here, but if you take care of the first four, you split, uh, you you split you split you win the two home games, lose to Georgia, like you're six and one with Tennessee coming to town. Yeah. Heading into a monster five-game stretch, but like you could see a hot start and like a top fifteen type year you you could have, and then if you got that momentum, who knows what can happen? But there really is—I know the schedule is a brute here, mm-hmm. but there really is an avenue where Kentucky could really get off to a fast start. And like, what does Mississippi State look like this year, Nick? Right yeah, without yeah. Mike Leach, yeah. You know, Mike Leach is going to be there. He, he's he's yet to name the full time. How does they? How does he handle that offense? Because only Mike Leach is running the air raid like he ran it, with you know very little yep. run game and the Dinkin and Duncan like they dink and dunk. Everyone, every other air raid guys that doesn't they do it different than he does, and he's really good at it. And so, like if they bring in somebody else and the personnel they have, does it does it fit? And mm-hmm. so that's something we're going to be watching closely. You get. South Carolina might be losing Rattler. Uh, Rattler basically was saying, like, he basically said, "I'm throwing Shane Beamer a bone by playing in this bowl game." Um, so it sounds. See, like I didn't. I, I saw he that. said something, but I didn't see. Yeah, what do they do? Um, I mean, yeah. they're kind of behind. If they need, a, they're going to need a portal guy. Um, then, if that's the case, 
and you know, never know if like Jeff Brom needs a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to see what see what they do. But you know, the the start to this year, they've got a chance, I think, to really start fast and gain some big momentum here. Um, and with all these new pieces, um, I think it's, right. that's probably a good thing that you, that you get your feet under you early in the season. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then uh, Florida, Florida at home, man, to like they could win. What would that be? Green or over four, four out of the last five. You start four and zero, oh, man. That place is going to be a zoo. There on and it's September thirtieth. It's going to be per like that's the everybody's most fun weather is right there at the end of September, beginning of October for tailgate and Lexington. Like that could be really, really fun. And Florida, like we have to see, like Grayson McCall's like he's Twitter's favorite quarterback, like college football Twitter's favorite quarterback. But if you kind of, how much of that was just like the scheme he was in, like the spread option scheme against bad de- teams, yeah, against some belt teams. Not to say bad defenses, but does yeah. it how how much different does it look like if you take him out of that scheme? We'll have to find out. If he's Florida's guy, they might have. Who knows? They might get Graham Mertz. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what it looks like? Let's um, let's go back into a little bit more weary talk before we just preview NSD uh, in total. Um, how is he similar and different than Will Levis? I think the the obvious answer is Weary is doesn't have the rocket arm tools that Will Levis has, and he's also not going to to run like Will Levis and use his legs in that way. But a, as a thrower, I think more specifically, the kinds of throws they're going to ask for him are how are they going to be different in that regard? Like it, yeah, like. I watched a good amount of Devin Leary tape, and I don't see him throwing like deep posts or deep over routes. Um, think about that one, that big play in the transfer that, portal. Yes. Think about the big play against Missouri year one, where I think Levis maybe twice hit Wandell on like a deep over route. I don't know if Leary maybe is going to be doing uh, that type of things, but what I think you could see are more like go balls um, because he is a really, really good go ball thrower. Um, Mainly ball placement, 50-50 balls. Like he's really good at putting the, the ball on a guy's back, sh- or back shoulder. Really good ball placement. So I, I could see that. Everything else, though, um, is going to be about the same. Like we, you know, the big thing in the draft community is like, you know, can you make the deep out throw, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But we didn't like, we didn't really see that a lot from Levis. Like throwing it to the field, a deep out. At least not off the top of my head. Um, we right. saw him. Throw a lot of posts. I don't know if maybe we'll see a ton of that with Leary. Maybe we will. Who knows? But he's got like his. He does. I wouldn't say he has a power arm, but he does have a live arm. Like he does produce velocity, and he he puts some mustard on the ball and throws over the middle, and he can get it there on a go ball. And so I think you could see more of the like the go balls or something. I think you could see a lot of because I think it plays in with Dane Key. Dane Key special, maybe a little Shamar Porter action. Yeah, um, and then it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of. And another thing to keep in mind, like Kerry Angeline in 2020 had a big year at tight end for NC State, um, and some of that was with Leary. And then Leary last year with Trent Phoenix had, like he's had got experience throwing the ball at tight end, seam routes, seam routes up the middle, and stuff like that. So that could be, potentially be big, I think, for Jordan Ding. Mm, old Josh Caddis action, just yeah, or just something. But like, I do think though they. I think we could see more more RPO stuff that we really haven't that Cohen didn't really run a lot of. Gangarello hardly ran any of it, but like 
Leary really kind of excelled in some of the RPO stuff with NC State. You know, I think it looks like he has a baseball background. I didn't get that confirmed. Just how he kind of moves his feet and throwing angles. It looks like kind of like a shortstop back there. I could I could see them maybe going to more RPO type stuff. And really, you're leaning into Leary's decision making there. Yeah, because you trust him to make the right reads and the right calls. Especially with if Kentucky gets to a place where their receivers are just really hard to guard and stop, that can maybe be something where it can help open up your run game. You know, if people are having to go out to guard your receivers and they're playing pass first, that can maybe help your help your run game. So I could see RPO um, becoming potentially more important for Kentucky this year, and I, and it's important. Kentucky's going to get under center, and Larry did get under center some at NC State, so it's not going to be a foreign kind. Set to him, even though most of their stuff was out of the gun and in the pistol. Oh, we do have uh, some baseball stats here from Devin Leary. He was the he finished his high school career as New Jersey's all time high school leading passer. Yes, um, broke all of their records before taking his talents to NC State, a four star prospect out of high school, uh, well polished. I don't think we did say this part. Only one year, only one year, one and done. So getting that big run-up at the beginning is going to be key to uh, getting him and Cohen acclimated with one another as a play caller, knowing how to trust one another, getting comfortable with his uh, playmakers in the system. And that goes back, too, to his rehabilitation uh, with his peck and being able to throw this yeah, spring. I don't – on that, I won't, he needs to be able to throw in the spring, but we don't need to see him, like, in the spring game, obviously. But, like – I don't think yeah. they need him playing scrimmages there in, in the spring. They really just need him yeah. to be able to run offense. Routes on air. Yeah. Red jersey. Yeah. Seven on seven. Seven yeah. on seven. And even 11 on 11 stuff where he's not live. Mm-hmm. Like I think that could be important. But as long as he's throwing and he's in the offense and he's getting some work in, getting live reps mm-hmm. in the spring, that that I think that's going to be good enough. They don't need him. You know, we don't need to like, let, him, let him get in rhythm a little bit because uh, that's luck at scoop. He, Devin Leary is not playing in the Kentucky spring game, so, <laughs> so, so just get get ready for that. But but yeah, well, let's look ahead to what else we have tomorrow on the site. It's the early the early signing period officially begins on Wednesday. It has become the new national signing day. Kentucky currently has fifteen players committed. It's the thirty fourth uh, ranked class in the country right now and based on some of what i'm hearing uh that's that's certainly going to rise they're going to add more players uh, i mentioned jamari on wilcox off the top we're also going to be keeping an eye on another running back trey cornis uh, he's announcing his decision but like it i ultimately don't expect him to be joining the 2023 recruiting class uh there's another couple guys making decisions that are kind of up in the air uh, a linebacker asa newsom who officially visited last weekend uh, Kansas State, who he, uh, was in the Big Twelve Championship, they're in the mix there as well as Iowa. They just the he just got a he just got a crystal ball from Kansas State, Nick, I believe, over at two four seven. Okay, okay, so that could be one that's going away. From that might be right going there. the other way. Okay, mm-hmm. good to know. Um, another one, Carmelo English. He just said he's going to announce at ten a.m. tomorrow. We alluded to that one already. That's kind of a toss up. Um, a big one, a big development over the weekend. Tavian Gadsden, who. I, I like this kid's tape too. Like it, six foot five, two seventy, got really long arms from Savannah, yeah. Georgia, defensive lineman. He was a Florida State commit. Officially visited over the weekend. He was going to wait and sign until February so he could use a visit at Tennessee. But Kentucky did enough. He's going to sign tomorrow, which 
um, I think should tell you all you need to know. Edson, I dug into his tape thoroughly last night. Really good get off explosion here, Nick. Can mm-hmm. Shoot gaps. He's listed at 6'5, 265, I think on three has that verified. So for him, like, not to compare him to Josh Pascal, but just remember how Pascal made plays. It was a lot of getting skinny in the hole, shooting a gap, explosion. That Gatsing is in a similar mold, I mm-hmm. think. So I could see him, like, he fits. I could, you could see him in Kentucky scheme, I think, because of that. Carmelo English, I would lean Michigan right now, Nick. Our Purdue on three side is reporting that Kendrick Gilbert may not sign anywhere. Hmm. On Wednesday. So that obviously Louisville's a big flip potential there because the Jeff Brom and Mark Hagan, who was their defensive line coach, went to Louisville. That's one to watch there with him. It's really quiet. I've heard nothing on really Wu Spencer, Demetrius Bell. Yeah. There's not much fun. not much out there on them. Jair Hill's another guy. I think he pulled a fast one on everybody yesterday, yeah. it seems like. He did. That was a good way to get some news, too. Everybody's yeah. picking you go to Michigan, and then you just yeah. leave him off your top five. Top 200 but. cornerback from greater Chicago. It's been trending Michigan. He left Michigan off its graphic, um, I think, to build up some drama for a mm-hmm. late afternoon announcement he's going to have. But that's probably going to be Michigan. Then a new name, Nick, you wrote about, yeah, I believe this week, I believe Monday, Javent Brown, yeah, linebacker yeah. from South Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas. Just decommitted for Michigan State. That could be Mike Stoops' first big recruiting win. Four-star prospect. They're off-ball linebacker. They need a, another off-ball linebacker to team with Grant Godfrey because that room's getting thin uh, pretty quickly. You're going to lose Jacquez Jones and DeAndre Square off this team. And so mm-hmm. that could be a nice little win here late in the late in the cycle. Um, and it could help, you know, they might may lose on Newsom here to Kansas State, but they could, might be able to complete a flip from Michigan State for Javon Brown. Yeah, which would be a nice, nice signing day addition. Um, there's also could be more Porter players. We found out right. Um, we we already talked about Ray Davis. There's also a kid from uh, uh, Dartmouth, Cokes, who yes. uh, uh, and now I forgot his first name. Cokes. I just Coca-Cola. Uh, <laughs> I'm pulling up the spreadsheet Coke, right here. As Coke, speak. Coke Zero is great. Chase Cokes. Shane. I just Shane Cokes. Uh, who was uh, two times uh, All Ivy League? Uh, cr- created some decent havoc stats. He's a bit of a tweener, so I, I'm. I'm cur- he strikes me as the kind of guy that'd be a, a, maybe a backup Jack for JJ Weaver. Um, I've got him at six six three two seventy five. Yeah, which is I haven't seen the tape yet, but that just right there is kind of maybe maybe bound maybe boundary tackle or. That he could back up Ox potentially, but I, I'm not. I'm not or, sure where he would fit in. Or Ribka, yeah, but that's gonna. I'll have to dig in the tape more. See what because he played a little bit of player. His first like four or five highlights is three tech, and then he bounces out to a five sum. So they moved him around a lot uh, okay. in the Ivy League for Dartmouth. But that that's another one to to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, yeah, but for portal guys, I think that's really where we're at right now. Ray Davis should be a cat. Here soon, we'd have to think. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is really off the board other than, like, your guy Shane Cokes. Like, we've seen Kyrie Jackson go to Oregon. Kentucky yeah. wrapped up Jansen Dunn. Mm-hmm. From Ohio State, defensive yeah. back. They got J.C. Ha- Hardaway from Cincinnati. Yeah. Now you have to think Graham Mertz is all, not a take for Kentucky anymore. 
Savion Washington's playing for Coach Prime. So I, yeah. I still think that, um, you know, maybe they stress for best available elsewhere. Um, yeah. But you, you got to think that they would be just hunting for tackles in the second wave of portal players. That's what they, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Like, that's the next one they have. They have to get another tackle. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, cornerback, I think. Like, J.Q. Hardaway and Jansen Dunn both have a lot of athletic traits. Like, they're both tall, long, and can move. Yeah. But we haven't seen it on a college field, really. I mean, not a lot Hardaway of played like 60-plus snaps at Cincinnati. He was on the path, Dunn bounced back and forth positions at Ohio State. He was a safety prospect in high school. I think Kentucky's going to want him to play cornerback, outside cornerback. I'm not sure. I wonder if. I doubt Mark Stoops lets us know on Wednesday what their plan is for him. Uh, or play calling by committee like it. <laughs> but uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. I, I mean, I don't know. I think adding another cornerback could be wise, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. The scholarship capital wise, they're spending. They got a lot of guys there, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So like, you got to kind of figure out there. Like Deuce Chestnut is a guy I like from Syracuse, um, another New Jersey kid. And so, but I don't know. I think competition is probably going to be pretty stiff for him. Haven't really heard anything really about him. And so, yeah, what does it look like other than, you know, right tackle? Or is that just their focus? Is it solely on getting a tackle now? If they miss on Demetrius Bell and Carmelo English, do they take a look at receiver? Try to find some level of transfer at receiver. If Tavian Robinson leaves, I think you almost have to. Yeah, but if he doesn't, then you're you're probably content with the numbers, yeah. and then you just and well, then he gets into best available, right? You got a couple of burning holes in your pocket scholarship. Yeah, you got to see how what your scholarship numbers are, right? Yeah, and right. That, we'll that, have that, an update. We'll have an update for that after the dust settles, right? Because you tomorrow. know, Keontae Goodwin could decide he wants to come back to Kentucky. Like, there's a lot of balls still being juggled up in the air mm-hmm. um, that we kind of had to play. The wait and see game on, um, you know, because like yeah, we're 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 not sure where they are with some of these guys, right? Um, but how about we go ahead and we wrap this up by just scanning through this old chat and answering some questions? Because um, good. shout out to Wildcat Rewind who says every time I see you guys, you are making my day. Go BBN. So happy to oblige. It's it, we're we're usually bearers of good news unless it's after a Vanderbilt game, and then we're just. Uh, <laughs> Well, you, you all caught me on some rap reactions after games where I was not the happiest man in, on the planet. Oh, man. Uh, I, I like that Tommy says, I went bowling with the wide receiver group before the season. Y'all should see Barry and Brown, how competitive they are, just in, even in bowling, which is a great point. Like, these dudes are killers, even if it is the dumbest little game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they aren't just goofing around uh, for, for kicks and giggles. Um, one person asked earlier that I think made a good point. Like, as much as we – make a big deal about what Kentucky's doing. How are some of the other guys performing in the portal? And so we alluded to it at South Carolina, then potentially being in trouble. We were laughing at Shane Beamer last week on, on the last edition of 11 Personnel with uh, Dow Loggins and, and that whole uh, spiel. Um, but uh, they, they also had uh, like Tennessee and Georgia there. There isn't as much... Uh, what, what should I look for? Um, there aren't as much, uh, there isn't as much drama. All right, we've got a Leary. That's, I got distracted. Devin Leary tweeted out his UK video. Um, it's a good looking video. Uh, wearing that, uh, Anthracite 13 jersey. Uh, that beard, he looks like, he, like, 
with the beard and the tats, didn't he look like the dude that'd be at the Texas Roadhouse in Oklahoma on a Friday night? Fit right in. Fit right in. Um, but uh, the <laughs> sorry about that. Strong Fern Creek vibes with my man Devin Leary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna meet him at the Bardstown Road uh, Roosters uh, for 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 a couple cold ones and some donkey flavored wings. Um, Tennessee and Georgia, they aren't like hitting the portal for their replacements next year. Uh, Georgia's recruited a bunch of quarterbacks. Uh, a couple of them will probably end up being in the transfer portal next go around in the spring. Uh, and as Lucky likes to call him, Tennessee got them a volleyball player that's <laughs> going to be playing quarterback. He actually has already showed up on campus. Some of these guys, I, I don't understand the rules now where they got guys practicing before the bowl games. I, I don't know how that works. We'll get to the, got- the volleyball. We'll get to the volleyball player later. We'll get to. The, I'll explain the name. Uh, we'll do like we'll do a coaching carousel episode, which will, that'll be coming up sometime in January. We'll also do a transfer portal episode. Like I will, I'll have a big write up about how every team in the SEC did in the transfer portal, just like I did last year, and we'll talk big picture. Uh, early on, just know like Michigan's doing a good job, Nick. Mm-hmm. I think cousin Jeff has done a solid job getting some guys on defense. Yeah, in the trenches, um, guys that I think can be like starting caliber players for them, but they, he also has some work to do on offense. Uh, I think you dig in that Louisville roster, like the last two or three classes for Satterfield were absolute not good. <laughs> you like kind of look at some of the numbers of the transfers that have left and who the impact players are. And so he's got a lot of portal shopping to do, I think potentially. Um, they're off. To, I think Louisville's off to a good start. Nebraska took Jeff Sims. I thought it was a little – Weird. Yeah. With Marcus um, Satterfield. Marcus that's, Satterfield. Oh what the hell are they doing? God, we'll, that's – We'll see how that kind of works out. Florida State's off to a good start again. They they seem to always do a good job here in the transfer portal. Where's um, Travis Jay- Hunter going to end up? You know, that's, yeah. that's they, that, that can throw a wrink on the things. Mm-hmm. How awesome was his touchdown catch to force overtime, yeah. though? Yeah. That was – Yeah, that was pretty sweet. We know probably Jeff Trailer was probably talking about Lincoln Riley. Um, because he he was the one with Narduzzi last year, right, with the tampering. Um, Jeff Trailer, UTSA coach, sent out a passionate tweet about man his player to get tampered with. If y'all haven't heard from Jeff Trailer before, dude was rocking shades in that bowl game <laughs> loss throughout the time to John Summerall, even when it – Total dusk, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, like, his interviews too, he just is like – that dude is a villain from Friday Night Lights. Like, it's just most – he just screams Texas high school. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. the Texas high school energy <laughs> for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, so a lot, a lot of moving parts still in the transfer portal uh, right now. We're, yeah. we're and now, Nick, it's flip time. Way. Like, we get it every year. Yeah. Like, what are the surprising flips? What are the under radar that no one saw coming? Um, mm-hmm. Does it affect Kentucky one way or the other? I mean, we're about to find out here. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll be yeah. busy. We'll have another live show, I believe. Uh, probably well, the, 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 our, our show tomorrow will not be actually streamed live. We're going to record it. Okay. We're, we're, it's going to look fancy. Yeah. Uh, look at Freddie and I in KS office. Uh, that'll be tomorrow afternoon. I'm, I'm guessing probably around 4 or 5 o'clock, give or take, is when we'll get it live. We're in between, between 3 and 5. But I'll, I'll let you know on Twitter in exact time. Mark Stoops and Vince Merrill's press conference is at noon. Last year we had the Keontae Goodwin drama, and I don't even think they had a press conference on signing day because of I think all it was the drama. Next day, yeah, 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 it was a damn absolute poop show. So 
Uh, we're at least getting them at noon, so you're going to have a lot of... It was. Uh, remember, they didn't have a letter. So Stoops had to sit up there, and he just kind of... It was ask Mark Stoops anything there for like 20 minutes. And so uh, that was one of the more interesting press conferences I've been to. And uh, Chase Heike was sitting, who's kind of Kentucky's, one of their big recruiting guys behind the scene, was just kind of sitting there uh, waiting to give Stoops the go-ahead, right, to make sure they got the facts in. So yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting time last year because remember Keontae had to go, t- like you went and got the audio of him, you know, signing the paper or whatever. Yeah. But he had to go to his high school to get like the actual paper to get it sent. For whatever reason, I mean, that was wild, wild yeah. times, man. It's recruiting time of the year, man. Is that time of the year? It's a wonderful time of the year, as Andy Williams said, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, it's a holly jolly time for the Big Blue Nation because Devin Leary is Kentucky's next quarterback, an outstanding passer, a rhythm thrower, that's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC next year. When we're meeting in Nashville for SEC Media Days, they're going to be discussing, is Devin Leary QB1 in the SEC East? Uh, Will he be an all-SEC selection? That conversation is going to be happening. We don't know who the East quarterbacks are for sure yet because Tennessee and Georgia both have big openings. right? Rattler might be gone. There's he might be the most moving commodity in the East. Yeah, there's going to be a case to be made for that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's going to be man, a, a good talking point, I think, for Kentucky all throughout the offseason. Oh, and we're going to freaking beat that dead horse because Devin Leary can take the cats to the promised land. Down for a little bit, but we're back, baby. We're back. We'll see you all tomorrow. Happy holidays. Happy signing days. And remember, your ABCs, always be crudent.